0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast, where we're taking a forward look at what speakers are covering at our events, this time turning our attention to our upcoming event on vertical merger enforcement and how to effectively navigate through the uncharted waters of complexities. Going live with the webcast September 17th, running between 12pm and 2pm Eastern Standard. more information about how to sign up and listen to this event will be found in the description box down below. You'll also find the code PODCAST25. When used at checkout, that code gets you 25% off that first webcast registration. That's podcast 25. And today we're going to hear from a panel composed of Dr. Ryan Booth, a principal at Matrix Economics LLP. Jenny Meyer will be our second speaker and partner at Axon. Katie Funk, a managing partner at Lewis Brisboy. Bisgard and Smith LLP is also on the line with us, joined as well by Nitin Dua, PhD a principal at Bates White. More information about the panel and the full agenda will be found in the description box down below, but let's turn things over to our panel, starting with Dr. Booth.
1: So my name is Ryan Booth, and I'm a principal
0: at Matrix Economics.
1: Uh, So Matrix is a boutique consulting firm that provides economic analysis in legal and regulatory proceedings, including merger reviews and antitrust litigation. Collectively, we have over 60 years of experience with bringing fresh ideas to develop and implement cutting-edge analytical solutions to complex competition problems, including cases involving vertical restraints and vertical integration. So my segment of the panel will focus on three topics. So first, I will briefly describe the economics of vertical merger reviews. I'll explain the types of merger efficiencies that the agencies may consider. I'll also explain the series of harm that the US antitrust agencies may evaluate, uh, such as the elimination of a potential entrant and input foreclosure. And I'll tie these theories of harm to recent cases. Second, I will describe empirical strategies for proving a vertical merger case. So that is you know, what's worked and what hasn't worked in front of the agencies or a court. Uh, I'll focus on three cases, AT&T Time Warner, Staples s and CVS Aetna. I'll describe some of the empirical analyses that were presented in each case and which of these analyses were deemed most credible by the decision makers. The so third, I'll share some practical tips for practitioners on assessing antitrust risk of a prospective vertical deal. So as Jenny will explain later in the panel, there are calls by some antitrust enforcers for greater scrutiny of vertical mergers. So the tips I'll share are intended to give practical advice on how to assess the risks. For example, I'll describe ways to assess the extent to which the downstream merging party's competitors are willing and able to substitute away from input sold by the upstream merging party. Um, so that's really the high level summary of, of my segment.
2: Hi, my name is Jenny Mayer. I'm a partner in the antitrust practice group at Axon, Veltrop, and Harkrider in Washington, D.C. Axon's antitrust practice is one of the largest and most experienced in the world and has earned an exceptional reputation worldwide. Uh, Axon has been recognized by Global Competition Review in the past as Law Firm of the Year in the Americas and some of our partners have been recognized as Lawyer of the Year and representing our clients in Matter of the Year and Merger Control Matter of the Year, and has been annually included in the Global Competition Review 100. We have a track record of obtaining clearance of combinations of significant firms and have built a reputation as a go-to firm for strategic mergers and acquisitions. Today in the panel, we're going to cover uh, three primary areas. Uh, kind of related to uh, Ryan's comments earlier. Uh, We're going to start off and talk about the ongoing policy dialogue, particularly amongst the commissioners of the Federal Trade Commission over appropriate enforcement approaches to vertical mergers, in particular after the uh, AT&T Time Warner decision uh, in uh, the district court in DC and uh, its appeal uh, last year. Uh, There have been a number of separate statements issued by the FTC commissioners uh, primarily falling along party lines uh, with the number of the Democratic commissioners issuing statements suggesting that the agency should be more aggressive in its approach to vertical mergers whereas uh, the majority Republican commissioners uh, believe that uh, really no effective change is necessary and that the traditional approaches uh, maintain uh, their kind of reliability. Next, I wanted to transition to discuss what appropriate remedies in a vertical merger case uh, would look like in the kind of post AT&T era whether behavioral remedies are appropriate or kind of other behavioral commitments in advance of a transaction being cleared uh, or whether those are, are sufficient to uh, maintain competition uh, in a particular market. And finally, uh, similar to that, we wanted to go ahead and discuss questions of whether courts approving settlements under the Tunney Act for consent decrees that are approved by the Department of Justice, whether third parties uh, who are interested in those industries or marketplaces are able to use the court proceedings as a way to challenge or second-guess the Department of Justice's decision in cases where they have elected not to seek relief in a vertical merger, or if they have decided to accept only a divestiture related to horizontal concerns in a mixed horizontal and vertical merger like in the CVS Aetna matter that is currently before the court.
3: Hello. My name is Nitin Dua. I'm a principal at Bates White, an economic consulting firm specializing in uh, antitrust and uh, competition uh, analysis, working on uh, matters. Both in the mergers and monopolization areas, uh, plus uh, across other fields. Uh, uh, at Bates White, I specialize in uh, mostly antitrust analysis of uh, mergers and uh, monopolization matters. I've, ex- uh, I've worked extensively on uh, cases involving hospital and insurance merger, insurance companies. Uh, can I just take another pass? Yeah, absolutely. Right. <coughs> Hello. My name is Nathan Dua, I'm a principal at Bates White. Uh, I specialize in antitrust analysis of uh, mergers and monopolization issues. Uh, Bates White has been uh, working in this area for uh, a number of years now and uh, we have uh, multiple practices focusing on antitrust and competition matters, communication healthcare, intellectual property, and uh, various other uh, related fields. I have extensive experience myself working on uh, mergers and monopolization cases in hospitals and insurance uh, arena, plus uh, a number of uh, telecom matters, including uh, leading the economic analysis uh, for DOJ on AT&T Time Warner. Uh, In in the panel today, I would like to focus on uh, three uh, main areas. These are closely tied to uh, the developments uh, after the AT&T merger or during that, uh, plus its implications for uh, other uh, cases that came afterwards. Uh, The very first uh, thing I have in mind is uh, the elimination of double marginalization issue. Uh, with the string, uh, with the recent string of vertical transactions, you know, AT&T Time Warner, Aetna, CVS, United, Davida, Signa Express Scripts, there has been some, uh, somewhat of an igni- ignited interest in uh, the theory of uh, elimination of double marginalization that tends uh, to result from uh, vertical mergers, and often shorted as EDM, not to be confused with uh, electro dance music. Uh, In the past transactions, it has sometimes appeared as if the EDM efficiencies are obvious or as if they were guaranteed. However, uh, that is not necessarily the case as was uh, discussed at length during the trial and established uh, to some extent uh, during the trial, uh, whether it received the weight or not is uh, out to others to uh, decide. In addition to uh, this, the trial also uh, kind of brought to uh, brought some traction to uh, the theory of uh, bargaining. Some people questioned if Judge Leon's opinion is going to make it harder to use bargaining theory in the courtroom. He even referred to it as Rube Goldberg contraption. This however overlooks the fact that the theory has already been successfully used in a and litigated hospital mergers and has been around in the economics textbooks for a long time, and not something that was newly designed for ad Time Warner. And the theory, uh, saw quite a bit of play in the cases that were in front of uh, FTC and DOJ uh, after this merger as well. So it covered some of uh, that in my talk. And then finally, uh, I would like to cover uh, some selected observations in Judge Leon's opinion. In, uh, as an economist, I thought his opinion from a legal standpoint seemed very smart. Uh, came across as very smart and managed to not take a stand on some real thorny issues that seemed relevant to many like me who were uh, closely involved with the case. So, in my session, I would uh, go over uh, selected examples from the opinion. As an economist, I found interesting.
4: I'm Katie Funk. I'm currently the managing partner of the Lewis Brisboy Washington, D.C. office. I've been practicing antitrust law for about 25 years now, and I have handled transactions in just about every major industry from technology to farming to transportation uh, and healthcare. Lately, I've been doing quite a bit of work uh, in the healthcare space, but also looking at the technology transactions and how the FTC and the Department of Justice might be looking at those transactions um, and history of transactions in light of a renewed focus on vertical transactions. So in addition to the uh, look back, as you would, on the technology transactions and also some recent uh, discussion or post-mortem on the AT&T Time Warner transaction, there's also been quite a bit of discussion uh, in the healthcare space. For example, a couple of years ago, the FTC challenged a hospital acquisition of a physician group in Idaho. Uh, and the state actually alleged that there were vertical issues um, as well as horizontal. Ultimately, the FTC approached it as only a horizontal transaction. But with other healthcare transactions, I think that you're going to see more look at what the vertical implications are, whether that's Aetna and CVS or other types of transactions. And so that gets into how, um, how are the agencies going to review the transactions and look at the evidence. And if, frankly, it's all about the evidence. Um, in prior, prior vertical transactions, there wasn't a whole lot of evidence on what the foreclosure implications are of the transactions. But now that there have been um, uh, some high-profile uh, transactions, there's some real-world experience as to how those companies are actually uh, using their new vertically integrated ability uh, to either cement their market position or to uh, actually increase their market position at the, to the exclusion of rivals and potentially uh, to consumer, with consumer harm, which gets, then gets to the issues that the agencies are now facing internally. In particular, uh, the Federal Trade Commission uh, has has been very public about some internal disagreements between uh, between and amongst the five commissioners. On the one side are those commissioners who want to stick with the traditional view uh, that is uh, encapsulated in the vertical merger transaction or guidelines that were issued by the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission which focus in those, those guidelines um, set a very high bar for substantiating anti-competitive concerns with vertical transactions. Um, and for the most part, uh, the, the, as a result, the guidelines basically say that almost always vertical transactions are pro-competitive. On the other side of the FTC are commissioners who say that's an outdated economic theory and uh, there is actual consumer harm that results from vertical transactions, and even perhaps that the, the question of consumer harm, which is uh, essentially whether prices will go up, uh, that's an outmoded analysis, and there needs to be a more encompassing analysis. So there's a lot of issues circulating and, and um, going around about vertical transactions. And along with the other folks on the podcast, I think we'll be able to cover all the issues And provide some insight on how the agencies are going to look at these transactions going forward, and what the implications are for uh, companies who are looking at such transactions. Um, And that's why I believe the upcoming podcast will be particularly informative, uh, given the AT&T Time Warner transaction as well as the technology investigations.
0: Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget more information about our full panel the full agenda, and how to sign up and listen to this event are all found in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25. And as mentioned before, PODCAST25 gets you 25% off that first webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you September 17th at 12pm Eastern, and until then, take care. Bye for now.